Welcome to the Fader Garrett Podcast. Let me show you something. Today's Saturday, February 22nd, which means I am on day 70. I cannot believe it. Day 70 of 365 straight days that brings you news, movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. Sports news, folks. The Portland Trail Blazers lost a heartbreaker last night to the New Orleans Pelicans. But I gotta say, I do not mind watching Zion Williamson play. That guy is a beast. He's like a little shorter of a Shaq who hopefully will not get fat like Shaq did and just use his butt to bang people out of the post and score, you know, two-foot buckets for the rest of his career. He looks like he will be an all-around star. The guy can block, the guy can rebound, the guy can shoot three-pointers. I am impressed with this kid, Zion Williamson. I gotta say, although the Portland Trailblazers are fighting for that eighth spot, and I hope they get it, if they do not... I would not be sad if it was, instead of Memphis, the New Orleans Pelicans. Because they're exciting to watch. They've got a veteran in J.J. Redick, underrated guy who's busted his butt working a career in the NBA that's almost gone unnoticed. They just have an all-around great squad. Brandon Ingram, he looks like he's on heroin the whole time. But somehow... That guy can dump threes like no other. And last night was no exception. The New Orleans Pelicans' three-point percentage last night was off the rocker. These guys could not miss from beyond the arch. I was impressed with what I saw. The Blazers didn't have Damian Lillard. They lost by less than 20. Had they had Lillard, you know he would have scored 25 and we would have won. So, you know, they, they put up a good fight for what it's worth. And when Lillard gets back in a couple games... It is on, people. Not to mention the schedule that the Blazers play is the 26th easiest schedule remaining in the NBA regular season. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans have the easiest remaining schedule of all teams at 30th. And the Memphis Grizzlies actually have a tough schedule coming up. They play all winning teams. So this means the 8th spot could shift from Memphis to either Portland or New Orleans. And I am excited to see that happen. Let's see what goes down in the lower half of the NBA season. Back on this pop smoke thing. Uh, I just, first of all, gosh, I gotta point out that his name just sucks. I'm sorry, man. I'm a terrible person for this, but your name is garbage. Anyways, he's 20 years old. He got killed by gang members, supposedly. He was worried about these gangs before his death, so we're pretty sure it was a hit. And I gotta say, how'd you even get in the mix of this type of stuff at age 20? I've been a total dick for 33 years on this planet, and nobody has attempted to kill me yet. I'm pretty surprised at that, although I don't have any money for somebody to, like, rob off of me after I'm killed, so maybe that was the the true motive here, but I gotta say, you must have done some petty and dirty stuff to get enough people to hate you that they would murder you at age 20, before you're even able to drink. I mean, 
Sure, the guy's one year older than Zion Williamson, an NBA superstar already, but jeez, 20 years old is not old. The guy didn't even live a life. Couldn't even go to Vegas and gamble legitimately. Probably did anyways because he wouldn't get carded, but if he looked like me, man, he would have been carded every five minutes. I gotta say, I, I don't really know how you could get that many people angry at you, but it's just like Tupac, man. You know, you run your mouth enough, somebody who's a real G is going to come around and handle business. I guess you should have kept your mouth a little bit more shut. Shouldn't have popped open your mouth so much. Maybe you should have smoked more and kept your mouth closed on a joint or cigarette. I don't know. All I can say is, I guess, rest in peace? I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I love Jennifer Lopez. She is now dubbing this bikini body that she has the J-Lo Challenge. A challenge to all moms in the world to step it up and get back in bikini body form after children. Uh, That is like the best thing I've ever heard. Because all men want that to happen. It usually doesn't. You know, you reach a point... Same thing with the men, you know? Hey, we're lazy too. By the time we have kids, we're not trying to work out anymore. We're holding our kid all day. You know, we're going to work all night. We're we're tired, yes. And I know moms are too. But to give them a bit more inspiration the way it should be, I gotta give props to that. Because every man's dream is to have a J-Lo bikini body wife after they have children. That's... That's their biggest fear when they have kids, is that everything's gonna get let go. I mean, for themselves too. For me. You know, I don't, I just don't have time to work out anymore. I mean, I used to do ab workouts all the time, working on a six pack, getting ready for each summer, so I could go shirtless and not be embarrassed. Well, now I just don't give a crap. You know, I care about nothing except my kids and family. And I, that is how it should be. But you got to have a little bit of, just a little bit of inspiration to keep yourself in shape. If not for anyone else, for yourself. You know, and that is the true essence of the J-Lo Challenge. So mad props to her for setting the standard. 50-year-old ladies out there, it's never too late. Get in the gym, get on a treadmill, and get your booty in a bikini. Now I've been known once in a while, to point out the absolute ridiculous. And, (laughs) you know what's ridiculous? is getting married at Soapy Joe's Car Wash. And that happened here in Imperial Beach with three separate marriages. Yes, there was a waiting list for this thing. People got married at Soapy Joe's Car Wash in Imperial Beach over the week. Yeah, I don't know what sort of incentives they were provided by Soapy Joe's in order to get married there, but I'm pretty sure a lifetime of free car washes or whatever else they offered would never entice me to get married at a car wash on the side of a street, much less a trashy one. I mean, this is ridiculous. You really want to have that memory of the ceremony with your loved one that you'll cherish for the rest of your life be the time 
you walk down, not the aisle, but the center of a car wash in IB. I just do not get it. What is wrong with these people? I waited for years to have a... For years, I waited to have a beautiful ceremony. And we saved up money. We... We promised we'd get it done. We'd do it. You know, we we really wanted to do it earlier, but we just never had the funds until finally when we did, we had a magical, beautiful ceremony right on the water in downtown San Diego facing the bay at a luxurious hotel with every accommodation you could imagine, including a suite for us afterward, including a full bar, a wine and cheese display, a DJ, the most elegant meals ever prepared. This is a wedding. That is what you do. So the memory of it is magical. You can close your eyes and think back of how awesome it was. And these people are going to remember Soapy Joe's. I mean, it's in the name. It's not a classy place. There's no classy car wash anyway. But in the world of car washes... Soapy Joe's is at the bottom level. I mean, this place used to have a pizzeria built into it, which shut down because nobody wants to buy their pizza from the same place where they're getting their car washed. I mean, that's just weird and gross. You know, what do you, do you wash your dishes in the car wash too? You just run a load through the car wash in a big basket? I don't understand how any of this makes sense. Don't get married at Soapy Joe's unless you're trash. People are all in a fuss about the new Costco rules that requires a membership in order to purchase items from the outside food court. I love this rule. This is great. No longer will I have to wait in a gigantic line with a bunch of Joe Schmoes from the street who are too ghetto to buy a Costco membership and go in and buy food. Instead, they just want to use and abuse their $1.50 hot dog privileges. Yeah, not anymore, buddy. If you want to purchase some cheap crap from Costco, get yourself a membership like the rest of us. I feed in to Costco existing by paying the yearly fee and buying bulk items of crap that I probably really don't need so that I can walk straight out the door and get a cheap lunch. So many times I have avoided the mega line after buying some stuff at Costco while I'm starving and hungry because there's too many peeps waiting for their dollar fifty hot dog and dollar ice cream. It is my time to get mine. Finally, I can possibly walk out of there after a horrible time of shopping where there's already a gigantic line just to check out inside while you're buying tons of worthless crap and you just want to have a cheap lunch in a quick fashion. You come out there, there's a line like twice as big as the one you were just in. There's no chance you're going to wait in that. I do not have to deal with that anymore. Thank God. I will say I disagree with them removing the cheap brisket sandwich from their menu. However, being a man who does sell brisket sandwiches, 
with my own fresh baked bread and my own coleslaw and my own sauce and my own slow smoked brisket, the quality was not there anyways. So I prefer to stick to my own brisket sandwiches nowadays anyways. But before that, when I had no idea what a brisket sandwich should be, I surely did think that the ones at Costco were delicious. They took them off the menu. That's a sad thing. But they boosted me right back up with this new policy where peeps can't abuse the cheap lunch option unless they got a membership. Welcome to the real world, folks, where we all have to pay to play. Now, folks, sometimes when I'm recording a podcast, you'll hear some strange noises. You know, it just sounds like I'm simultaneously speaking as well as making little baby noises or something. Well, that's not it. It's actual babies. Yes, I have two children. One of them's two, the other's five. And I'm in a constant state of shushing while I'm trying to record the podcast because I don't have a, you know, a soundproof room or anything. You know, they're in one room away from me. And kids, you know, they're constantly screaming and yelling and fighting and doing all these things. And I got to say, they do pretty well for the most part as far as me recording a podcast. But sometimes, you know, you just got to run out there and give them a few shushes and then come back in. You know, I try and do this as fast as possible. One of the reasons I don't edit my podcast, I don't script anything, I do it all improv just on the spot is because I got to take care of kids as well. I don't have time to be sitting here writing a bunch of things down and going over it, you know, one thing after another. I just look at some stuff or some information or think about it in my head real quick and I spit it out for you. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you do not think I'm running an underground, you know, children factory where they're all in cages in the background and you can hear them sometimes pleading for help. And I'm like, shut up over there. No, that's not how it is. You know, it's just two kids having a time of their lives, you know, running around the background. And I don't understand it either. You know, they should be entertained with what they have. I got one kid who's five. She has a Galaxy S7. You know, what kid has a $700 phone when they're five years old? You should never have a phone that's more in hundreds than the age you are. You know, she should have a $500 or less phone at age five, not $700. I mean, that's $200 more than the number itself of how old she is if it was in hundreds. So, I don't know. They're they're spoiled rotten. You know, they both have flat screens. Hell, one of them has a 50-inch flat screen in his room, and he's two. A two-year-old with a 50-inch flat screen. When I, was, when I was 15, I had one of those little $20 box TVs. My parents went to a, you know, like a swap meet thing, but it was like one of those electronic outlet mega things. Or some company probably went out of business or something, some Asian company that made TVs, and they wanted to dump thousands of TVs right before Christmas, so they, you know, advertised it, $20 TVs, get them while you can. My parents got me one of them. It had a built-in VCR that, of course, never worked, not even once. So it was just a TV then, but, you know, I was satisfied with that. I don't even think I got any channels. I think I had to get a DVD player to watch anything off of that TV. And the DVD players suck too. But, you know, that's what you get back in those days, back in the 90s. Now these kids, man, they got flat screens with Roku, Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and they're still asking me for more. How is it possible? You have 
with the push of a button, you have every possible movie that's ever existed. And you're still looking for more? I don't even get it. Like, what else is there that you don't have? There's nothing. No, perhaps some, I don't know, some Middle Eastern Saudi Arabian cartoons that nobody's ever heard of. I don't, nobody wants that, you know? Just watch your Roku with your millions of options on it. Nickelodeon, you know, there's Tubi. You ever heard of that one? Tubi, it's like basically free TV, but it just kind of sucks because it doesn't have all the channels. But yeah, And now this AT&T TV thing just goes along with my AT&T phone service. It's already on there. And yet they're still trying to get me to get UVerse. They're like, oh, get UVerse with your phone. Why would I do that? You already give me free TV. It's called AT&T TV. It comes with my phone plan. And you want me to get UVerse as well? Well, that's pretty senseless. So I gotta say, kids these days, spoiled rotten, mine especially, and yet they still yell in the background the entire time I try and record the podcast. And it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that we all cherish so dang much. It is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hanks, whoever that is. He sounds like a really cool guy. And Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. Well, they're all crazy, but this one especially. Uh, so, having received a felony when I was 18 for marijuana, yep, believe it or not, that really happened, uh, and having it on my record for 10 years mandatory, state of Oregon, bunch of bullshit, uh, I was very, you know, it was very hard for me to find a place to live. Luckily, my also felon for marijuana, now wife, then girlfriend, believe it or not, yes, we both were felons for weed at the same time, that's crazy, in the state of Oregon, uh, we we struggled greatly to find a place to live, yet we were able to get an apartment in what we called felony flats because this place was full of straight-up junkies and criminals. And it was, I believe, her mother's friend who owned the complex of maybe 12 total apartments. Uh, it was like a horseshoe shape. You know, one apartment and then a horseshoe around to the final apartment on the other side. So there was kind of a courtyard in the center. And the weird thing about this was, everybody's backyard connected. There was no fence in between them. So if the person in apartment one wanted to take the backyard route to get out to the street, they would have to walk through every other person's backyard to get to the street, which they did often. And unluckily for us, our apartment was apartment 12, so they walked through our backyard, I mean, every five minutes. You would just see human beings crossing my backyard through my little slidey back door. It was nasty. I hated this place. Everything about it was gross. There was ants. There was a, a guy next door to me. He did meth with his son. And I knew his son from my alternative school where I had been kicked out of high school. Uh, I didn't know why his son was so messed up back then. But then later in life, when I found out when I move in next door to them, that his dad would give him meth when he was like 13. Well, of course he's messed up and went to an alternative school. His dad gave him meth. What a pile of crap. But that's not the story. The story is there were two ladies in one of them in the front apartment, like the main one where you would, you would pass their apartment every time you would pull in with a car to park. So they knew each and every person that would come in and out of there, and they were the nosiest of women you could possibly imagine. Now, picture this. These ladies were absolutely nuts. They wore purple everything. Everything about them was purple. 
They had just purple everything. Like, they wouldn't wear a color if it wasn't a shade of purple. So right there, that's a red flag, or purple flag, I should say. And I mostly knew them from them complaining to the owner of the apartment complex. They were friends with the guy, and they called him every other week on us for something stupid. Here's one of the things they called him for. So, now, picture this. I came home one night at about, oh, I don't know, midnight from work, right? Midnight. 12 o'clock at night. It's dark. You know, it's it's not uh, a good weather in Oregon ever. It's pouring down rain at all times. So it's dark. It's rainy. I get off of work. I'm tired. I turn the corner to go into my apartment through the center of the horseshoe because the front door of my apartment faced the courtyard in the center. And I turn the corner to go to my apartment and I see one of these crazy purple ladies with a book in her hand. It was Harry Potter and a flashlight in her other hand with her face so close to the pages. I cannot imagine she was able to actually read it. And it just looked like a like a really weird thing happening. And it was right in front of my house on my porch. So I asked her, lady, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I'm reading a book. Like that's normal. Yep. No, it's cool. You're just on my porch at midnight reading a book with a flashlight and your face so close to the letters that there's no chance you could possibly read it. So I'm like, uh, how about you get the hell out of my way? So I can go into my apartment, you psycho. She's like, all right, all right, whatever. And gets up and, and moves on. And I go into my house and I just think about what happened. It was really weird. So a couple days later, after the incident, I guess you would call it, at 7 p.m. at night, 7 p.m. in the evening, not even at night. There's no nighttime at 7. It's evening. Everyone's awake. I was playing foosball. Now, I had a foosball table. It was a full-size one. And it was in one of the rooms of my apartment, but the window wasn't open, nothing. I was just playing foosball. You would not be able to hear this unless you were, like, creeping around my apartment. Especially from their apartment, which faced the front, and mine was the other side of the horseshoe. There's no chance the sound from foosball playing in my apartment was just messing with them in any way. And yet the cops showed up at my house. Yes, police at my door. So I ask them, what are they here for? And they say, oh, a noise complaint. You were being too loud. So I point out the fact that I have no one at my house except two people who both live there and we're playing foosball. No music, no type of slamming, banging. Nobody's getting angry about the game, nothing like that. We're just playing a nice game of foosball, and she called the cops on us. So, then it was on, you know. The war has begun. You were on my porch at midnight, being creepy, and you called the cops on me at 7 p.m. for playing foosball? What a psycho. So, a couple days go by, and I let it go. I At first, I was really annoyed. I was mad about this, and I was like, whatever. They're probably crazy. They are crazy. How crazy are they? Oh, one of them showed up at my house a few days later to let me know that they're both blind and they're both addicted to heroin and they were wondering if I had any methadone. Yes, it wasn't 
knock on the door, hey, can I borrow some sugar? Or, oh, uh, do you got any, you know, you got any salt I can use for this thing I'm making? None of that. It was, excuse me, sir, me and my mom are blind. Do you have any methadone? I, I was just shocked. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You psycho ladies, you purple blind freaks. Now you're addicted to heroin and you want some methadone from me and you called the cops on me for playing foosball at 7 p.m. This is the type of crazy stuff that would happen to me in these felony flat apartments. I mean, I did not belong there, people. I smoked weed. I drank alcohol probably when I wasn't of age, but still. I was a partier, yes, and I threw parties at this apartment. I'm talking ragers, 40, 50, 60 people, sometimes almost 100 would come through after a day of partying, and never did the cops come once for any of that. And yet, playing foosball at 7 p.m. pissed off two heroin addicts who asked me for methadone a week later. This shit is crazy. I'm telling you, I did not enjoy a single day at that place. Whether I was fending off ants, like not just regular amount of ants. I'm talking, you would make a meal in the kitchen, swipe away ants to make your meal, and then before you take a bite, there's an ant on it again. You'd go to light a cigarette, and there'd be an ant on your cigarette and on your lighter. This place was terrible. I did everything I could to make it better, and in fact, by the time I left, the apartment was cleaner and better than it was times 10 when I moved in. And, you know, the crazy heroin purple ladies, I tried to speak to them as little as possible, but it turned out it was a degenerative disease they had. You know, the mom had it and the daughter had it, so their glasses were just super thick and that was why she had the Harry Potter book up to her face. But it doesn't explain why she was reading it on my front porch with a flashlight at midnight. And it doesn't explain why they call cops on people for playing foosball and then ask them for methadone a week later. I don't understand it. But that's what happened. And that was one of hundreds of crazy occurrences that went down at the Shaw Street Apartments in Oregon. Felony Flats. I hope you enjoyed the story, folks. It was great uh, bringing back those memories into my own mind. I tell you what, I, I just I wish I could just think about them all the time. I am I'm actually right now I'm I'm raging because of this memory, but it's fine. You know I wanted to tell you and I wanted you to enjoy it. I mean it's entertaining. If it happened to anyone except me, I'd laugh my ass off. So I hope you have a great day. It's now begun to rain here in San Diego, so uh, it's not going to be a fantastic day for all of us. We're used to the sun. We complain all the time. You know, you need some rain once in a while. Uh, I love you very much. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Now, growing up, folks, I copied my older brother, oldest brother Paul, on music big time. Whatever you listen to, I listened to as well. I thought it was great. You know, I didn't copy my other older brother because he listened to the Cranberries and other things like that. So there was no copying that. But my oldest brother, Paul, man, he loved the Beastie Boys. And he got me into the Beastie Boys through one specific song that led to me loving them. Pretty much all their music is great. But one specific song I will never forget. 
And to this day, I know each and every word because it is such a classic. I'm going to share it with you. I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but why not hear it again? Here is Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock and me. My team. Respect. Your cash and your jewelry is what I expect. MCA was with it. 